And, and really the only thing, the only thing that's, that could be more exciting than seeing God change people's lives is seeing God change people's lives through your outreach and ministry. Through God using you to see lives change. And we're going to talk about this today for just a few moments, but before you prepare yourself for a guilt trip, we're not here to put anybody on a guilt trip about getting involved in the Great Commission and uh, being a part of the mission of Jesus Christ. I just feel like the devil has convinced too many people that they're not qualified to work for God. And so we're going to combat that in the spirit right now because God just dropped the bomb in my spirit today and I want to release it on you guys. So I'm just one big fat B-52 flying over the congregation and letting go what God's put in my spirit because God wants you to be mighty through God. God wants you to have faith. God wants you to be a witness. God wants you to use your voice to make a difference in the world and to see lives change. Everybody shout amen. Matthew 28, 18. The Bible says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Because of this, or it says, Go ye therefore. Because Jesus has all power and all authority in heaven and in earth. He says, Because I have that authority, I want you to go and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Ghost. The name, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. 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 Praise God. And I know, I know what you're thinking. You're like, that's right. Go get them, Pastor Brown. That's right. Mathematics, go get them. That's right. You few people that are gifted with the gift of evangelism, go get them. That's who's qualified to fulfill the Great Commission. But the reality is that all of us have been given the Great Commission. Turn to your neighbor and say, that means me. <laughs> that means me. I'm called to be a part of the mission of Jesus Christ. I'm called to make a difference in the world. I'm called to make disciples. Jesus made disciples. Now I'm called to go make disciples. Well, who's qualified for this? I know. I know the reason many of us aren't involved in the Great Commission is because we feel unqualified for whatever reason host of reasons and we think of a handful of people who are qualified what qualifies someone to go out and do this work if I give somebody a mission or somebody a job to do they got to have certain qualifications what's the qualifications of the great commission what qualifies you for this well on Tuesday night we did a Bible study we looked at all the last words of Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and in the book of Acts. And in the book of Mark, the last words of Jesus are this. He said, uh, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. 
And then he says, and these signs shall follow them that believe. These signs shall not, call, shall not follow those that are called apostles. These signs shall not follow those that are from the right family. These signs shall not follow those who have a good track record in the past. These signs shall not follow those who are uh, from, from the right group of people. But the Bible says these signs shall follow them that believe. And today I want to give you a word that's so simple I probably shouldn't even have to say it. But it's so profound that it should open our eyes. Is that we are qualified by one thing. We are qualified by faith. We are qualified by faith. That means the way we're qualified to do the Great Commission is we got to believe. And if we don't believe we're qualified, if we don't believe we're called, then we won't do the Great Commission. But if we understand that we are qualified because we've been called and we believe, amen, then we are qualified to do what God has called us to do. So join with me for just a few moments as we make this point clear. Qualified by faith. Qualified by faith. Jesus, I pray, Lord God, that in the next few moments you would speak to us a simple but profound word. Let it bring change and transformation to our mindset today. We pray, Lord God, that those that the devil has lied to, those that the devil has accused, those that uh, have listened to the voices of people that have belittled them in the past to the point uh, that they no longer feel qualified. I pray that the word of God would bring transformation to their heart through the power of the Holy Ghost and through the power of the word today. And everybody said amen. 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 God bless you. You may be seated. Now, have you ever thought about how you would do things if you were God? If I was God, that dude would get a million dollars. That dude wouldn't. You know what I'm saying? We, we sometimes try to figure God out through our way of thinking, through our perspective on life. And one thing's for sure. If I had important business to be taken care of and I was God, I would make sure that the people that I select for the mission were qualified for the mission. It only makes sense. If you, if you, if you need somebody uh, to do a particular job, you want somebody that has the qualifications. And in, in, the, in the career field, you're looking for somebody that has an education. Uh, you're looking for somebody that has the right experience, somebody that has the right talent to go and do the job uh, that uh, you need them to do. But when I look at the Bible, it's really crazy the way God chooses people to do his mission. He says, I need somebody to be the father of many nations. Let me find, yeah, yeah. I think the first qualification for a father of many nations is some dude that's got a fertile wife, right? Wouldn't you think so? We're gonna, you're going to be the father of many nations, right? Uh, a father of many nations and uh, a spiritual seed's going to come out of you. So let me, I'm going to pick somebody who can't have a baby. I mean, think about that. I mean, that's the basic expectation of a qualification for something like this. Or how about this? My people are in bondage. My people are being oppressed by Pharaoh. I need somebody to lead them out. So who does he select? 
He selects an old dude that's a fugitive from justice that has a stuttering problem. Think about that. Who's qualified? Wouldn't you want somebody that is pretty fluid at speaking? Wouldn't you want somebody that had a decent reputation, long life ahead of them, youth and vitality? He selects somebody that seems absolutely, completely unqualified. Now think about this. If you're going to set up the kingdom of heaven on the earth, qualifications. Well, let's get somebody from a good family. Let's get somebody with a good education. Let's get somebody with a lot of influence to set up the kingdom of heaven on the earth. But look, look, the manifestation of God in the flesh was born in a stable from a family with no influence, no resources, no wealth, not the not born the son of a king or even a church leader, totally from the wrong family, totally, totally not what you would anticipate when you're looking to qualify somebody. In fact, when I study the Bible and look at how God selects people based on their qualifications, it almost appears as if he prefers to choose people that are disqualified for certain reasons. Now, you can't tell me there weren't some people during Abraham's day that had some wives that were putting out some babies. I'm sure there were. Father of many nations, let's choose that couple over there. They, they got it going on, all right? I imagine there were some people in Israel that were eloquent, that had confidence. Who does God select? God selects Moses. God's going to deliver his children from the oppression of the Midianites and the Amalekites. Who's he going to select? He's like, okay. I'm, I'm like, if, if revival needs to happen and God needs to deliver, I'm going to find the person with the most faith. I'm going to find the person who uh, has the look, has the influence, and we're going to say, okay, here's the job. God selects Gideon, a person who at that point isn't even sure if God exists because of what he's seeing happening around him. And then on top of that, when God says, I'm with you, you mighty man of valor, Gideon's response was, you certainly can't be talking about me. Surely you're not talking about me because I am the least in my father's house. And on top of that, my daddy is poor. I've been here my whole life. You don't even have nice robes and nice sandals. You're from the poor family. He's been hearing that his whole life and felt disqualified from being able to serve but it seems pretty clear to me that it's not the things that we would expect to qualify somebody to do something that God needs them to do that is the qualifying factor it seems pretty clear to me and I want to drive this home using the word of God today that God is looking for people that are willing to believe it when God says, I'm going to use you. The qualifying factor is one factor. It is faith. Now, let me just break this down a little bit here now. When you look at one of the biggest corruptions in church history, it manifests itself in the, the medieval period, this medieval theology that made a mess of Christianity that promoted the idea of salvation through merits, through works, through things that you would 
do, whether it was uh, uh, paying an indulgence or whether it was uh, uh, doing a good deed to make up for a bad deed that you did. This, this uh, meritorious theology was the bane of the medieval period because it ran absolutely counter what the Bible taught and the Apostle Paul taught. Here's what the Apostle Paul taught. Let me get into the Bible for you here so you can understand that I'm not just making this up. In Romans chapter number 3, verse number 22, it says this, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe. For there is no difference. Verse 23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Jump back to 22, because I want to make sure you get this point today. Simple theological principle that a lot of people don't even understand. The Bible is saying right here that God's righteousness, everybody say righteousness. That means you're good. That means you're qualified. That means you got God's favor. That means God says you're on the right track. The righteousness, the favor, the justification of God is by faith. Unto all and upon all them that believe. He says because everybody has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. What is he saying? He's saying in terms of conduct and past and performance, nobody's qualified. But if you believe, then you can be qualified regardless of your performance. This is the foundational teaching of the word of God and of the New Testament. But it's not just in the New Testament because the Bible says that even old father Abraham was justified by faith. Now, I know this isn't exciting you, but somewhere along the way, maybe I can get through the, uh, get through the fog here and make this plain to you right now today, is that none of us are qualified to do anything based on our own performance. Everyone that believes is qualified. Hallelujah. Faith is the factor that qualifies us to be righteous and to be used by God. Let me drive this point home a little further. Uh, Let's jump to chapter 4 in the book of Romans. This great principle of justification by faith. For verse 18, it says of Abraham... Speaking of Abraham says, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. So let me break this verse down for you. It says, let me tell you something about Abraham, Paul says. Paul was the one who even though it seemed impossible, still believed what God had promised him. God said, this is what your seed's going to be. Abraham looks around and his wife is barren. But he still believes that what God said about me is going to happen. What God spoke to me is the truth. I believe this 
against hope. It's a key point here. I want you to get this. God says something to Abraham. Abraham looks at his surroundings, and what God says doesn't line up with the reality he looks around him. God says, I'm going to use you to do something great. I'm going to transform the world through you. We're going to change it. We're going to shake up the world. Come on. We're going to change the world through you, through your seed. And Abraham looks around, and he can't even have a baby, and now he's old, and now his wife can't have children anymore. Against hope, believed in hope. What did he believe? He believed that what God said about him was true. What God promised him was true. But look at this next verse, verse number 19. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he's about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb, verse 20. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Look at verse 21. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Well, God said this, but you ain't qualified. I still believe it. But God says this, you lack this. It doesn't matter. I still believe it. And look what the next verse says. Verse 22 wraps it up here. And therefore, it was imputed to him for righteousness. That means that Abraham wasn't seen as righteous because he had a perfect record. Abraham was seen as righteous because he believed what God said about him, no matter what anybody else said, no matter what circumstances were around him. And it was his faith that qualified him. And the Bible says this is the same today. It's not about how good you perform, how clean your past is, uh, how many good works that you've done, but do you believe that God is going to do for you what God said about you? And this, if this was just one, it would be enough. But this goes on and on through Scripture. But here's the key point. Abraham was qualified by believing what God said about him. By embracing the promise. This became, by itself, the qualification for Abraham being considered righteous and being able to perform what God had called him to be and to do. Now remember, we're talking about the Great Commission. The Great Commission, God said, I want you. I want you. I want you to go make disciples. And everybody's like, I can't make no disciples. I can't even bake cookies. (laughs) Me, make disciples? I can barely write my name. Me, make disciples? I'm not a natural leader. People don't follow me. You're talking about me, Make disciples? Look at my past. Oh, my Lord. Look at all the mistakes I've made. Look at my inconsistency. You're talking about me making disciples as Jesus of Jesus Christ? And here's what the enemy does. The enemy's number one job is to remind you why you're disqualified. Because if he can get you to embrace all of the reasons why you can't do what God said you could do, then he can convince you to stop, sit on the sidelines, let somebody else do it. I'm just holding on, brother, trying to make it to the other side. But in the meantime, God said, I've given you a job to do. 
I've got all authority in heaven and earth, so go. Amen? I've got all, all authority I give to you. You'll cast out evil spirits. Greater work than these shall ye do. Not because you're qualified by your performance. Not because you're qualified by your background. Not because you're qualified by your family or by your pedigree. There is one qualifying factor. These signs shall follow them that believe. Oh, I feel it right now. Somebody needs to get a hold of this. Because the enemy's convinced some of you that you can't. That God's going to have to use somebody else. That because of reason A, B, C, you can't be used. Amen. Oh, come on, somebody praise him right now. Woo, hallelujah. So, so let me reinforce this in the word of God. Here's what God does. I, I see it with Abraham. I see it with Moses. I, I see it with Gideon. I see it in a sense with David. All these great people in the word of God. God gives them a word of destiny I'm going to use you to do something great they are presented with all the reasons why they're disqualified and God in essence is saying okay you got to believe before this can happen because all of those things that you think disqualify you will not disqualify you but thinking you're disqualified will disqualify you Thinking that your disqualification trumps the word of God will disqualify you. But if you can say, the word of God trumps it all. I may not have any money. I may not have much education. I may have made a lot of mistakes in the past. People may have spoken words over my life that were negative. People may have made fun of me when I was a kid. I may have been teased. I may have been bullied. I may have grown up with a chip on my shoulder or a feeling of inferiority. But if God says it, uh, it trumps all of those feelings of disqualification. But you have to make a choice because if you opt, if you opt to buy into the enemy's propaganda, that your lack of reputation, your personality, all of these factors or limiting factors disqualify you, then you will be disqualified. Because the only thing that qualifies you is believing what God said about you. Woo, hallelujah. But if you can embrace what God has to say about you, despite what happened last year, despite what this person said about you, despite how this person feels about you, I'm going to embrace what God said about me. Come on now. Because as long as you listen to the enemy, as long as you listen to the accuser of the brethren, you're disqualified. Hallelujah. 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 God appears to Moses and says, Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. God appeared to Moses in a burning bush, and Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh, and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? And Moses answered and said, chapter 4, verse 1 of Exodus, he said, But behold, they will not believe me, 
nor hearken unto my voice. God's saying, go do it. Moses saying, it's not going to work, God. Can you imagine? Is that not what we do every day? God said, go make disciples. Well, they're not going to listen to me. They're not going to hear my word. They're not going to believe you spoke to me. We're just like Moses in that regard. God says one thing and we disagree because of our disqualifications. All we got to do is get an agreement with God. And that's the only qualification that matters. Well, well nobody's going to believe me. They're, they're, not, they're all going to laugh at me. They won't hearken unto my voice. They will say, the Lord hath not appeared unto thee. Verse 10. And Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore, nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. Verse 13. But Moses said, this is a different translation, he said, pardon your servant, Lord, please send someone else. Please send someone else. Verse 14. Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses. And he said, what about your brother Aaron the Levite? Here's the point I want you to get. This happens over and over. God appeared to Gideon, same story. said, the Lord is with thee. The angel said, the Lord is with thee, Gideon, thou mighty man of valor. And you shall smite the Midianites and the Amalekites and the Grabavites and the Pickafites and the Pants Two Tights and all the other ites in the, in the, in the place. You, you, you're going you're to take care of them. You're a mighty man of valor. I've sent you. I've anointed you. I've commissioned you. I've given you all the authority you need because I've got all the authority. And when I commission somebody, that means they have all the authority. You're going to do it. You got what it takes. Go do it. And Gideon's like, it can't be me. We shared with you. He said, I'm the least in my father's house. My father's born in Manasseh. I'm not even sure that God fights for us anymore like, like they told us he did back in the old days. Surely it's not going to be me. Now here's the point I want you to make. In Moses, I want, I want you to get. In Moses' case, in Gideon's case, in Abraham's case, the thing that finally qualified them was when they no longer let their disqualifications hold them back and they believed the word of God and stepped into the mission. Come on now. Moses didn't overnight become a smooth speaker. Moses didn't overnight get the murder expunged from his record. Moses, come on now, didn't overnight overcome all of those disqualifications and Gideon didn't overnight his family become the most wealthy family in Manasseh and overnight all of his older brothers that were more handsome and more qualified didn't pass away and all of a sudden he's the only one left. The next day everything's still the same but he says, okay God, I believe you, I'm stepping into it and no matter how many things stood against him in terms of disqualifications, there was only one thing that he needed to be qualified to do what God had called him to do. And that is Moses, Gideon, people of life, church, we got to believe if God called me and if God commissioned me, then I'm qualified because of who he is, because of his voice, and I refuse to let the enemy convince me any longer that I am not qualified. Come on, somebody, let's praise the Lord right now. Come on, somebody, help me lift up Jesus right now. 
Come on, help me lift up Jesus. Come on, somebody stand to your feet uh, and praise the Lord right now. I think I've made my point. There's no need to belabor this any longer. Somebody in this place needs to realize uh, that God has commissioned you. God has empowered you to be a prayer warrior, to lay hands on sick people, and they'll recover, to be a, a, a clarion or an evangel, a fiery example of God's truth uh, in this world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus said, thou art Peter. And upon this rock, I will build. You can sit down just for a minute. I will build. Some of you thought we're all done. We're close. Some of y'all getting excited. Woo, hallelujah. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. And, 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 uh, and whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. You're talking to Peter, the impetuous one. You're talking to Peter, the one that's fixing to deny you three times. I'm going to give you authority. I'm going to give you power. Not because you're perfect. Not because you're qualified by the world's standards. But because you just... uh, you just got enough faith to believe what God says. Uh, and because you believe, amen, I'm going to give you authority that says if you bind it on earth, it'll be bound in the spirit realm. If you, with your mouth, loose it on earth, it'll be loosed in the realm of the spirit. Uh, there's a work of the spirit uh, that I'm going to do, do through you, not because you're perfect, uh, but because I got all authority. Go ye, therefore. Hallelujah. 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 Now, I, I know that uh, most of you don't wear scarves around here. Sister Ben has a nice one on. It's a pretty one, but I'm talking about those big puffy scarves, you know. You wrap around your neck when it gets really cold, and um, you look like a hipster, you know. Scarves. You know what you need? You need a scarf that you can shove in the lion's mouth. When he begins to roar against you. Because the Bible says that Satan is the accuser of the brethren. That means when you mess up, he tempted you to mess up. But once you mess up, he stops being the tempter and becomes the accuser. And begins to point out all of your mistakes and failures and shortcomings. That's his job, all right? He's got the job description. It's what he does. He's pretty good at it. Can we admit to that? Anytime you make a mistake, all of a sudden the enemy's like, you can't be used of God anymore. You can't be, you might as well give up those dreams of God's spirit flowing through you because you messed up. That's the accuser of the brethren. But I want to tell you what Satan's ultimate goal is. And this is where I'm, we're going to crack it on the head right now. Satan's ultimate goal is to take that hat of the accuser of the brethren off of himself and put it on you so that you will begin to accuse yourself. What do you mean accuse yourself? That means you begin to internalize in terms of your view of yourself, your self-image, 
what the enemy's been speaking to you for a long time and you begin to accuse yourself and accept that you're not qualified and accept that you have these limitations, that you're inferior, you're unqualified, you lack all of these things because of what happened, because of what took place in your life. And when you begin to accuse yourself, you are disqualifying yourself because you're out of agreement with God because God's had a word that he's spoken to your life. Many of you have heard a word from God and you've listened to the voice of the enemy long enough to where he doesn't even have to talk. You talk to yourself now. You accuse yourself. But the Spirit of God says today, the Spirit of God would speak to you today that all of those things that you think are necessary to qualify you to be a part of the Great Commission are a figment of your imagination. The only thing that will qualify you is your faith in God. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that all you got to do is believe and go on living like however you want to live. But the point is, is once you embrace what God has to say about you, your life begins to transform. But as long as you listen to and believe what the enemy has been saying about you, transformation ain't coming. You are disqualified. Can you get this point here? It's not your conduct that qualifies or disqualifies you. Your conduct is transformed when you're qualified by faith. And faith says, I don't understand it. I don't know why he would select me. I don't know why he would forgive me. But if the Bible says I can be set free and relieved and still become a part of God's plan and the deal is still on and what he spoke in my spirit is still there, even though I messed up, even though I said something that I shouldn't even though I got involved with stuff that I shouldn't uh, I believe that God said he would forgive me God said he would use me and if he said it uh, I'm not going to believe my disqualifying factors I'm going to believe the word of God and when you start to believe God your life begins to change praise God somebody praise the Lord hallelujah Oh, I feel like praising God right now. Why don't you come up to the front right now? We're going to worship God together right now because God is calling an army, an army of young people, an army of moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas, an army of single adults that are going to do what God has called you to do. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hey, if I was going to wait until I felt qualified to witness to somebody, guess when I'm going to witness to somebody? Never. But if I realize that if God's called me, I'm qualified. If God's called me, I'm qualified. I'm going to go ahead and open my mouth. He said, I've got all authority. Now you go and tell them. Go spread the word. Go teach it. If I felt like I had to wait till I was qualified to teach a home Bible study, how many home Bible studies do you think I would have taught by now? Zero. If my wife felt like she had to get qualified before she taught a Bible study, how many you think she would have taught right now? Zero. If I would have waited till I felt qualified to begin to pastor and preach the gospel, how many sermons do you think I would have preached by now? Zippo. If I would have waited till I felt like I was qualified to lay my hand on a sick person and pray the prayer of faith until I did it, how many people you think would have been healed by the laying on of hands at Life Church? Zippo. But somewhere along the way, you've got to realize if God said it, I'm not listening any longer to the voices or to the things that I allow to disqualify me. I embrace what God has to say about me. 
But pastor, I'm just being realistic. Pastor, I'm just being humble. No, you're not. You're in disagreement with God. Can two walk together except they be agreed? That's what the Bible says. If you believe one thing and I believe another thing, we can't walk together. So if God believes you can and you believe you can't, you're out of agreement and God's not with you. But if you'll get in agreement with what God has to say about you, i got to make this plain because the only qualifying factor to get this started in your life is to believe what God has to say about you. He wouldn't have filled you with the Holy Ghost if he didn't want you to be a witness because the Bible says you shall receive power after you receive the Holy Ghost and you shall be witnesses. That's why he gave you, the Holy Ghost is the seal that he said, you're qualified. I want you to be, but, but I did this. You're qualified, but, 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 but I don't know this. You're qualified, but I'm shy. You're qualified, but I can't speak clear. You're qualified, amen? You are qualified when you believe the word that God speaks about you. My 35 minutes is up. I want you to reach over to somebody right now, and we're going to pray for one another in this place, and the Spirit of God is going to give witness to the Word. Hallelujah, because the devil has backed you in a corner long enough. The devil has convinced you long enough that because of this factor or that factor or this that happened or this that took place, that you are disqualified. The only thing that's keeping you disqualified is believing that you're disqualified. The only thing that will qualify is to believe what God says about you, and that is I've anointed you. I've I've equipped you. Doesn't matter what happened in the past. Doesn't matter what failures you've or made mistakes that you've made. You're qualified by faith in God. Lord, I believe. I believe in the cross. I believe in the blood that was shed. I believe it has the power to wash away my sins. I believe in the power of the Holy Ghost. It doesn't matter what shortcomings I have. I've got the power now. I believe the Word of God. That's it. I want you to speak a word of faith over that person right now. You have the authority to do that. Tell them God's going to use you. Say, well, I'm not sure. That's what the Bible says. Tell them. If you believe, God's going to use you. If you believe, God will anoint you. God will empower you to make a difference, but you just got to believe it. Hallelujah. Speak it over their life. Speak it in faith right now. Hallelujah. Speak it with anointing in the name of Jesus. God is fighting for us, pushing back the darkness, lighting up the kingdom that cannot be shaken. In the name of Jesus, enemies defeated, and you will shout it out. Shout it out.